You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Like, I couldn't photograph. I couldn't be on a computer. Half the time, I couldn't get out of bed. (laughs) I'd signed a lease on a property that I, like, really couldn't afford anymore. And that's really when I was like, is this what I'm doing? Or am I crashing and burning and going home? Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and this show is here to help you succeed in the world of photography and business, to help you learn to become financially free doing what you love and so much more. With over 1 million downloads, countless photographers have taken what they've learned from both our episodes and from theportraitsystem.com, and they have grown their businesses, quit their day jobs, and are designing a life of their dreams. We keep it real and share stories about the ups and downs that come with running a photography business. You'll hear real-life stories of how other photographers run their business, and you'll learn actionable steps that you can take to reach your own goals. Thank you so much for being here, and let's get started. Hey guys, now is your chance to check out all of the incredible photography education we have available for you at theportraitsystem.com. For only $7, you will get access to over 1,000 videos, including pricing, posing, marketing, lighting, sales, inspiring photo shoots, self-value, and more. Yes, you'll get your first month for only $7 when you become a pro member, and you'll get access to the full download library with posing guides and workbooks and so much more. Also, this includes a pricing calculator, a studio startup timeline, our weekly live broadcasts, including Sue Bryce's live talks, access to our private members-only Facebook groups, special discounts on photography products, and so much more. Head over to theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7 to get your first month for only $7. That's theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7. My guest on The Portrait System this week is Amy Minchell. Amy is a photographer in a small town in Nebraska, and she has two different photography businesses that bring in an equal amount of income for her. One business is a high-volume photography business through schools, and the other is fine art portrait work. What is really interesting is that in 2019, Amy suffered a brain injury and she had to pivot her business. This is when she really began becoming successful as a photographer. Amy is the definition of making it work and she shares so much about how she does it all with a great team in place with her. Okay, let's get started with Amy Mitchell. Hi, Amy. Welcome to The Portrait System. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm great. I'm great. It's uh, spring, starting to warm up around here. Makes me happy. Yes, we have a warm day here as well. We haven't had many of those. Awesome. And you're in Nebraska. Yes, yes. I'm in the very middle of Nebraska. I have really fond memories in Nebraska randomly when we were driving from, this was years and years ago. I was like, gosh, I was probably late 20s. No, maybe I was, I was probably 28. And we did a road trip from Michigan to Colorado to go to a friend's wedding. And for some oh, that's reason, we a ended long up ways. camping. Yeah, we camped in Nebraska as like a, a stayover. And we uh-huh. had a blast. That's awesome. Do you remember where you were? Gosh, I have no idea. Yeah, you were probably Dan. near me just because we're still four to five hours from Colorado. So you're probably pretty close to me. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. Anyway, that's awesome. My, my only trip to Nebraska. <laughs> it's a long <laughs> And for Long some drive. reason, I remember my dad, whenever he would refer to Nebraska, I almost just said it, Nebraska, he'd be like, Nebraska. I have no <laughs> idea why. <laughs> We're all hicks out here. <laughs> That's okay. I'm pretty hillbilly. We're about to build a chicken coop that includes an old trampoline. So we're going like full awesome. hillbilly. Full hillbilly out here in Chelsea, Michigan. So, yeah. That's great. 
Okay, so let's chat photography. Um, yeah. Take us back, Amy. Well, first of all, let us know how long have you been a photographer and have has this always been your career? Well, that is a very messy question. Um, <laughs> when I was 15, my first job was a photographer's assistant and I stayed with him through my high school years. And I didn't ever go back. It was just a high school job. Then after I became a parent, I picked up a camera again. And my photography studio business started officially almost 15 years ago, this fall. It'll be 15 years ago. Um, So I was home with our kids and I think I'm the story of every female photographer these days is, you know, I was looking for something to supplement income um, and found this as something that filled all the boxes for me. But it wasn't actually filling a financial need. It was fun money. Um, So it wasn't until I really wanted to go back into the working world. I had a degree in education. Um, So I was going to go be a teacher and I decided I didn't want to do that and kind of took a left wing back into photography to go full-time. So that's kind of where it started. Um, And I would say that was 15 years ago. Okay. Gotcha. And tell everybody, I guess now what you shoot and just kind of what, you know, what genres you do and, you know, just give an overview of that. Yeah. As of today, I actually own two companies. I have a volume um, studio that's called Nebraska Portraits, and we service about 17 districts around Nebraska, and it's about 150 schools. Um, And that solely does volume. So your school pictures, your sports pictures. And then I kept my fine art that I started um, originally called A Moment Photography. And we specialize in newborns and families and seniors, your typical and they pull in about the same revenue. So it's about 50-50 for that. Yeah, I okay. have two full-time employees now and some part-time. Okay, let's talk through this. It's, you said back 15 years ago, you, you know, originally this was just kind of like fun money, side income, that sort of thing. At what point did it become a full business? And I know you said you started with your fine art kind of stuff. So was that your yeah. full business. Okay, so start there. So I'd been photograph- being a photographer for about five years um, and our kids were all home. And so when my oldest went to kindergarten um, was kind of always the point of like, okay, it's time to really be a big kid about this. And I only had to make like our house payment. Um, So that was always the goal is to make the house payment every month. And so, you know, you do anything you possibly could to make that money. And it just never made sense. It was like, whatever uh, we, (laughs) I don't even know if this can be recorded. Um, We said I'd whore myself out to get as much, get to that number every (laughs) month, you know? So like if it was later in the month, maybe I would get cheaper just to be able to make Uh that payment. (laughs) I don't think you're alone in this whoring out, to be honest. Like... You know, I think sometimes people get to that, like, scarcity mentality, like, okay, I've got to do what I have to do right now to pay the bills. Right, right. Yeah. So back then, I don't know that I would say I have an ideal client and this is how much a session costs. It was just kind of like whatever I was feeling those days. And I kind of lived that way until I was was wanting to rent a space and I was wanting to be taken seriously as a professional. And I was really working out of my home and I wanted to take that step outside my home. And that happened... 
six years ago. Um, so six years ago in 2018 is when I was like, okay, I want a studio space. What do I have to do that? And my husband, who's a banker, everybody should have a banker in their life. Um, <laughs> he was like, where's the spreadsheet? Where's your budget? Tell me how you're going to make that happen. And that's when I kind of started diving into reading about you know how that works and what that means as a business owner and less about being an artist and more about being a business owner. Um, and Sue Bryce fell into my life a few years prior to that. And I just loved her as a posing, um, proposing. She, her, she just talked so exquisitely about how to pose someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's just as knowledgeable on the business side too. And so she was my first to turn to when I was looking at what's my business plan? What's my strategy? What's my, what do I stand on? What's my mission statement? How many sessions a month do I actually want to do? How much do I have to have? You know, all of those things. And that's kind of where our platform started. But you know, we're always our worst enemy. And I was like, oh, I can't. I can't do that. No one will come to me for Mm -hmm. that. Um, So I dabbled in it. But I did rent my first studio that November. And um, in January of 2019, so two months later, I was in a car accident and um, had a brain trauma. Oh, wow. Like I couldn't photograph. I couldn't be on a computer. Half the time I couldn't get out of bed. (laughs) I'd signed a lease on a property that I like really couldn't afford anymore. And that's really when I was like, is this what I'm doing or am I crashing and burning and going home? And um, my motto has always been, my mom has said that it's been that way since I was little and it's to strive to fail. Um, And I just felt like this was the opportunity to dig my heels in and figure out how to make that work. Um, So I listened to... Sue's 28 Days to Business or something like that. It was one of her, her classes. And all I, you know, I could lay in bed and listen to it. And I couldn't watch it because I couldn't be on the on the computer to watch a screen or a TV to watch a screen. Yeah, I could that listen. Was, real quick, that was like... So that was a long time ago. That, yeah, yes. like you said. Yes. And, it okay, was, so it now was her stuff is more updated. It's all... Yeah. Okay. So now yeah. it's the portrait system versus right. what it was before. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you were... I mean, you had a, a brain injury, but you're still like, okay, I need to find a way to work, to do this. And if you couldn't lay up, you can sit up, but you were like, you know what? I can lay down. Like, <laughs> I mean, yes. that's like making it work right there. I, uh, well, so I tried, I, I tried to, to, like the doctor's like, you just need to rest. And I lasted like 10 days and I was like, I'm going crazy. <laughs> Um, And because I essentially had a concussion and, you know, protocol for concussion is dark rooms and no music and no, Mm -hmm. like all these things. And so I, I listened to Sue Bryce. Yeah. (laughs) Who does that? Um, But I came out of it with um, basically doubling down. I can take pictures. I, I knew I could still hold a camera and on a good day I could work with clients. So I needed someone to edit and I needed someone to answer the phone and I needed someone to talk to clients like for their orders, but I could take the pictures. And in order to support that many staff members to do that, I had to believe in my prices. I had to mm-hmm. just go for it um, because I didn't have I didn't have a backup plan. So that's kind of where we like really saw us grow. And then um, within six months of my car accident is when I opened my second company. Because who does that? Like. <laughs> Well, okay. Wait, before you go on to that, I want to back up a little bit. Yeah. Because like sometimes when we're faced with adversity like that, like you said, we have two choices. We can kind of just 
go forward or we can crumble. And, you know, it's hard. Everyone has different experiences. Everyone has different situations. So I'm not saying if you end up, you know, closing your business or whatever, that is a bad thing. Like everyone has to do what they need to do for themselves. But in moving forward, you mentioned that you had to hire someone to do your retouching. You had to hire an employee, that sort of thing. For people out there listening who might want to hire an employee, like how did you go through that process, I guess? (laughs) Well, um, I started with a photographer friend that I said, can you just help me Mm -hmm. through this stage? Because I didn't know how long that would be. And then about two weeks in, I said, can I hire you? (laughs) And we subcontracted to her because she had her own company. So she was just, we just subcontracted. And eventually she ended up coming over and working full-time for us as an actual employee about a year and a half after that. Um, But in the meantime, all she was doing is editing. So she was subcontracted to do my editing. And then I hired um, locally a a mom who wanted a job that was more like the 9 to 3. And so my hours at the office, we were open 9 to 3 because that's what I could find Mm -hmm. to have those. And that was better than closed. So (laughs) that's what we did. (laughs) Um, But now I've done all the things... We hire out of college, college kids to work for my editing. Um, and what I say they're editing is they're cooling, they're lightrooming. And then I have a, my, what we call Photoshop editor and she, um, we subcontract to her. So we call them our kids in the studio. They're, they're cooling and cropping and doing stuff that is pretty teachable. Um, so I don't want one with an experience with that. I can teach that experience. Most of them have some kind of art degree. Okay. That's what I, how do you find these like out of college students that want to retouch? Are you just making posts? Yeah, or no people. Like, you know, we're all in our industry. So um, we typically have friends on Facebook that are also in those industries. And I'll say, I'm looking for two editors for the season. This is part-time. And we always start with the part-time with the second, with the volume company that's very cyclical. You know, it's like very hot and heavy in the fall. So we'll hire Mm -hmm. on more for that. And then some of them stick and we'll keep one. We also have a... um, agreement with the high school in town that I'll do interns for their high school kids and I'll take on one a year. Nice. Um, And and actually right now my editor is from that um, system and she came on after she graduated and has stayed with me. So that is a great idea to reach out to the high school and say, you'll take on an intern. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best way because you get that soft three months to see if they're a quick learner or if they're a hard worker or if they work well with, you know, other people or your clients. And yeah, that's how we got the one we have in, uh, right now. And she's amazing, very hardworking and very teachable. I can teach how to do Lightroom. I can't teach how to be a nice human. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is true. This is true. Personality is everything. Yes. Yeah, that's great. All right. So I want people to have a good idea about how you run these two separate businesses and how it works. And you know, just to get an idea of that. So let's start with your, you know, the volume business. Like, what is your role in all of that? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, do you have a whole team? Are you, you know, just all of those things. Right. So volume is definitely more teachable. Like I can subcontract out to other photographers um, to go to a school and take pictures. I That takes one afternoon of training and I, I feel confident sending a photographer out to a school. Um, so really? that is... Even like the yeah. tech part of it? 
No. So the tech part, we have amazing software and that is all done on our end on the back out. So all they're doing is taking the pictures with my cameras and my lighting. So I teach them how to set it up, um, how to make sure they know what metering is and where to put the camera. And then after that, like, especially if they got photography background, they can make a kid smile, you know, and fix hair and stuff like that. So that's actually the easiest part of the entire volume world. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's the back of house that's hard. And yeah. we have a full-time employee that does all of that for us on our end. So my role in that is very little, which is why we actually started that company is I could be more of a hands-off. Um, I love going to the schools. So I will sign myself up to go to schools as much as my schedule will allow, solely because I enjoy making that connection with the kiddos. But other than that, I don't do it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so we hired someone that was very good at that and um, is tech-based to be able to process and do the yearbook stuff and all of the things that come with that. So, I mean, how, like, how, I'm just trying to think, like, financially how this, how this all plays out. Like, are you willing to talk about what sort of income you make on 17 districts? Um, yeah, sure. Um, I know you're paying people, you know, you have employees and you have the overhead and all of that. So I'm just, just out of curiosity. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I hardly know a photographer who doesn't do some level of volume within their, you know, realm. Like, I don't know anybody who's like, oh, I just do this, but my kids, my kids coach asked me to do their soccer team. So I did it. You know, like, I feel like that is everybody's story. So I think everybody has some volume in their lives. We have a calculation of to decide if a school is big enough for us because we live in rural Nebraska. So I've already have the contracts in my town. So I have to go an hour outside my town really to get the next school. (laughs) Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so we have a, a formula that we like to go off of to help decide if that school's worth us going. And it's $35 times however many schools or kids are in that school. Um, and I won't sign the contract for the school if I don't get everything. So I want the school pictures and the sports for that. And if it's too small, I'll say I also need the yearbook, which we almost always will get the yearbook within a year of having the school just because it's so convenient. But um, sometimes I'll say I have to have it or I can't come. So um, that's our formula is 35 times however many kids. Um, and we need to make we need to make at least 5,000 a stop like every time we go to make that worth it. Does that make sense? 5,000 a stop. Okay. Yeah. So if like we're there in the spring for spring sports, but they don't, they only have 35 kids on there spring sport. Well, I'm not going for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that um, makes sense. So that that's kind of how we make that decision. All right. And then like, what would your take home be from that 5,000 at that point? The studio will bring home, we plan on 40% of what, so if we sell a $20 memory mate, 40% is what will end up in the bank account. Um, and then my take home is about 15% of the year. Does that make sense? Yep, yep, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so you also said that you have your fine art business. How are you keeping the two separate? Do you have two separate Instagrams? Do you have two separate websites? Like, how are you navigating all of that? (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah, we do. We try as much as possible to keep a moment photography separate from Nebraska portraits because um, one is fine art and one is volume. And volume is, you know... $15 at a time and fine art is 
you know, $1,500 a time. So it very much brands differently. It very much has a different feel. We do have a studio space that both are residing in. Um, so our sign on the door says both. And when we answer the phone, we're saying both names. So we'll say, thank you for calling Nebraska Portraits and a moment photography. But other than those two things being the same, the experience is completely different. Um, so my staff, one is considered a Nebraska Portraits staff member and one is considered a moment staff member. And then if they need help from each other, they can go to each other. But that way I have one point person to talk to about this project or one point person to talk to about client work. That has helped us quite a bit just on whose job is whose. Otherwise, they end up stepping on each other quite a bit if they're both trying to do both projects. So that's one of the biggest things. And then, you know, fine art, like those educating a client before they come in for my fine art is quite the process on its own with, you know, a consult and a tour and a talk about clothing. And then they have the session and then they come in for an order session. Uh, and then they have their viewing of their artwork before it goes home. So those are lots of touches where volume doesn't have any of those. It has mm -hmm. one conversation to make sure we're good for the day. The photographer goes in, the pictures get delivered. So that we distinct it a lot by name and then we distinguish it through who the point person is on those emails. All right, let's talk a little bit about the the other side of your business. So more, you know, the more portrait individual client part of it. Take us through an experience with you there. Yeah. So I have a motto that my clients, I want them to be known, seen, and loved um, from the second they have their first call with us. So if they call and are asking about what it looks like to have pictures with us, from that moment, I want them to feel like we care about who they are and why they're taking pictures. And even though they might have thought, oh, I was just calling because, you know, we didn't, we haven't taken them in a couple of years. I want to take them. We want to go deeper than that. Oh, mama, when was the last time you were in front of the camera? Mm -hmm. um, um, when is your hair getting done? Let's look at times after your hair is getting done. And they love that. So then they're kind of stuck. <laughs> and it's so sticker shock is something I don't ever want to have my clients have. So from that first conversation forward, they're hearing about our prices. Even if it's in a soft way, like our averages run between $1,000 and $2,000 after you pay your session fee. Those sort of things. We want them to hear from day one because if they're going to decide this is a no, I want them to decide before they've given me any money. And then right after they've decided a yes, then they're going to see me and they're going to talk with me so we can walk through their home and decide what pictures are going on their wall. And I was doing that in their homes, but COVID you know, adjusted all of our lives. And I do those on Zoom now. And it does seem to work better because if mom was on her lunch break, when she's having her call with me, she can provide me with pictures that she was thinking beforehand, where before we had to both successfully make it to her house yeah, um, that's to make tough. that happen. Yeah. So it, that works better for us. And then if they come to that meeting and they don't have those things, I'll, I'll just tell them, oh, it's okay. We'll just reschedule. When do you think you can get those pictures? Um, and then we just do it the next day. And they realize at that point, oh, this is, this is important that I think about where these are going. Um, and we talk about their outfits and such. So that's happening probably six months before their session is even happening because I want to be a part of, are we doing makeup? Are we doing hair? 
what are you buying for clothing? Where is these ending up? And so at that point, the mom is bought in because she's so excited that I care about helping her through those processes. Oh, and I forgot. They get a box. This is my favorite part of what my clients get. They get a box that has gifts in it for each of the kids if it's a family session. And it has like a pamphlet on how to shop or where to shop. Uh, And it talks about do's and don'ts and what to expect. And then it has a lookbook, a product that they might want on their walls. And all of them are on walls of clients. It's beautiful. And my editor made it. It's stunning. (laughs) And so then in their consult with me, we're walking through that book and we're talking about, well, do you see how that's a couch? And we did this, you know, it's got three big pictures. Do you like the idea of three pictures or do you want one really large picture? On page 12, we can see that. So then they're, they're really seeing the artwork And it has, if they ask a question of like, well, how much does that cost? We can give them a range at that point, but that book doesn't have those in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And I I love what you're doing because you're really pre-selling. I mean, it's it's pre-selling without selling. You're showing people what their options are and, and kind of putting it into their head that people buy artwork. Like this is just an expectation that you're going to buy something for your wall. Right. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it it really has cut down the order appointment time. Like I was running two hour appointments probably for their order, probably for multiple reasons. But one of them was they didn't know what they wanted to do with the pictures once they decided which ones were their pretty the prettiest, you know. Um, and having this conversation now two times before they even come in for their order appointment has really helped that because they're like, oh yeah, oh, that one's the one I want for the couch picture. And um, that really fits what we are going to try to do in Johnny's room and going, you know, that just helps them talk through that. Um, So then they're ready when they get there. And honestly, dad sent tens to be the holdout. And at this point, he's probably been involved in the decision-making of where it's going to go because mom's already said, hey, you need to take the thing down from the wall behind the couch because I'm putting something new there. (laughs) And so they're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that's really cool. And so I don't have that grumpy dad in the office anymore either, which I just didn't like. I'm in a small town and I want to go to Walmart and be so proud to be able to see my clients wherever I go. Um, And I never want them to feel jaded. And having these multiple conversations prior to them coming to a session has really helped them not feel like I was forcing them to pay me more than they were expecting once they got to the order. This is so important. It's so important. People have to know your full pricing. You have to have this conversation ahead of time. And a lot of that comes with just being okay with what you charge. And some people, I mean, does that happen, Amy, where they're like, yeah, nope, you're out of my budget. And you're like, okay, sounds good. Maybe next time. Yes, absolutely. And to be honest, I some of them are my friends. I tell my husband all the time, he's not my ideal client. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, some of my friends, they they choose not to afford my my experience. And I say, I'm completely fine with that. I am here if you want me, but I am not offended. Um, I understand I'm not for everybody and that's okay. And I said that two years ago to a really close friend that has a senior this year. And guess who's coming to me for their senior pictures? Because she decided that value was there for her daughter's pictures, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, and that's great. I am so excited to show her what I can do. And it's not that they don't think my art is beautiful. It's that they just don't see, they don't think there's value in that piece of art. Um, but once they've done the experience, they 100% feel the value. Mm-hmm, for sure. What's your what's your average sale on portraits? Right now, we're about 1,500 overall. Seniors run a little higher. 
families run a little higher, but with my newborns and um, headshots and everything mixed in there, we're about 1500 a shot. Yeah, that's great. And you're in a yeah. small town in, in Nebraska. Yeah, we have like 26,000 in our town. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, small town for sure. Yeah. <laughs> wow, very cool. And then I noticed on your website for the portrait side of it, you list off like digital start at seven, $750 and then prints and wall art are from like a hundred to a thousand dollars per right order or whatever. Yes. Um, yeah, I didn't even talk about that. We do sell our digitals, and I know that's a controversial topic, but I the way our pricing works is that you have to print something for your wall before digitals are an option. Um, and if they're printing something for their wall, I'm already gonna be above nine hundred. If that makes sense, like because yep. if they do the hundred that that hundred dollars or hundred fifty dollars is an eight by ten, um, and they have to have so many of those before they can get digitals, they can't just buy one of those. Um, and then the digital packages start at ten files and go up from there. So you can't just buy one file, um, and that really replaces those eight by tens pretty quickly. And I'm completely fine with that because then I didn't have to order. Eight by ten and smaller. Right, got it. <laughs> I yep. want the massive art on their wall. I don't need the little art. It it's just more messy. And to be honest, my staff mess up those orders more than they mess up the big orders because there tends to be you know if you've got sixteen different kinds of wallets, it's more likely they're going to mess that up than the one beautiful forty by thirty on the wall. So awesome, very cool. Yeah. What do you sell most of? Like, is it canvases? Is it prints? Is it albums? I sell a ton of canvases, but that's because I love them and I tell them it's my most popular. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. You, we sell what we talk about. We sell yes. what we love. Yes. I yep. would... Um, we almost every senior will go home with an album, but the albums include the digitals of whatever are in there. So that helps that go quite a bit, but it also gets that price up to that 2500 to 3000 pretty yeah. quick. And then so I would say our average client it's a it's a wall display of some kind um maybe it's a trio of 3 16 by 20s or bigger typically. I would I'm usually very sad if they don't buy a, a trio of 16 by 20s or larger because anything smaller is too small for me. And then <laughs> a digital package of some kind so that they have their boutique small prints for grandmas. Um, and then I always want to decorate their office or a second room. So whatever that that's se- smart. second room is. To that's do a how second I, room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's typically an office because that's an easy sell. Dad has an office. Mom has an office. Someone does. Um, and then we'll do like medals for their desk or an easel print or something like that. So... Nice. Very cool. Well, this yeah. is great. And I, and I feel like it kind of like works both part of your brain and your like, you know what I mean? To have (laughs) this portrait side of it and the volume side of it. And I feel like it can't get too boring if you're, (laughs) you're always mixing it up. It definitely doesn't. It does help. Like, yes, we have two companies. They're both ran out of one LLC. Um, And so the bank accounts are the same. And then the insurance, like I don't already have to pay the same insurance if I just had a moment or if I just had Nebraska portraits. So why not have the two revenues? Mm -hmm. And I know those costs kind of spread out between the two of them. Um, So that, that helps quite a bit to be able to have the two companies, but keep them under one LLC. So they're just working as DBAs. So yeah, that the overhead is not as high as if I just had one. 
Right. That makes sense. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you sharing all of this. And, you know, it just goes to show that even when you can't be at a computer, you can still, you know, for very long, you can still be a photographer. You can still do this. You can still make it work. And I think it 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 just seems like you made the decision that this was, you weren't ready to to give it up and you were yeah. going to find a way. I don't think art could not be in my life. I feel like um, this is so deep into my bones. I'm not. I'm not giving up my art. I'd do it for free before I'd give it up, which I'm not going to do that either. So, <laughs> I, I just feel like that's kind of our story for a lot of us creatives is that it's in us, and so taking away the part that makes it hard to be an artist was the best decision I could ever make. I mean, mine was a forced decision, but I really think we all need to do it. Oh, I can't ever sell my work. That's so hard. Then find someone else to sell it for you. Oh, I can't I can't not give them all those pictures. They're all so pretty. Then pick someone else to pick the pictures and walk away. You will never know the difference. You know, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you have to decide what you're stuck on and get it off of your plate and give it to someone else. You know, Amy, <laughs> the other thing I was just thinking of that I think is really brilliant about doing Nebraska portraits is you can sell that eventually. It's much more sellable than mm-hmm. my my personal art, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they have signed contracts, so there's value there. <laughs> yeah. it's. I mean, if you ever get to the point where you're like, yeah, you know, I'm done with it, it is so much easier to sell something that is more commercial sounding than if it yeah. was your name. Yeah, for sure. It also is a little bit more retirement friendly. Um, I foresee that a moment will get retired before Nebraska Portraits because it's a six-week season and then two other times a year, it's about two weeks. So yeah, there you go. You know, I can do that a lot longer in my life than, I don't know, every single day. (laughs) Totally. That makes sense. Makes sense. Cool. Well, again, thank you for sharing all this. And I do have four more questions that I always ask Okay. At the end of each episode. And the first one is, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? And if you want to do one for your volume work and one for your portraits, that's fine too. I mean, one um, for like mine art portraits. Yeah. For volume, it's a tape measure. (laughs) Because everything has to be exactly the same as the last time you set it up. Um, And for fine art, I would say it's my... Sony a7R3. I love my camera and I've tried a lot of cameras. So that is the camera I will take those pictures with. Got it. I know. All right. That was boring. No, I mean, <laughs> hey, it's, it, you know, those are very important things. So it's good to go. Yeah. All right. Number two is how do you spend your time when you're not working? We love the water. Um, and so I am either boating or camping. Um, or on the ocean, which is nowhere near me. So that's a little bit of a stretch to get there. So it's usually a lake. (laughs) Ah, sounds good to me. All right. Uh, Number three is, what is your favorite inspirational quote? Mm, I don't know. I have a lot of Bible verses that are very inspirational to me. But my short one-liner that I use all the time is strive to fail. Strive to fail. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're just striving to succeed, you won't jump for those stars that are harder to reach for. Mm-hmm. Taking those risks. Uh, yep. So much is about... But I feel like calculated risks, smart risks. Like, yeah. Taking action. I mean, right. 
But my husband has panic attacks over my choices sometimes. But the worst thing that happens is it doesn't work. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know why. That's not a worst decision. It mm-hmm. just means we're going to try again. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you on that. And I am very much a risk taker for sure. I think it's just like not like, oh, I'm $100,000 in debt and I'm going to quit my job and oh, take yeah. this risk. You no, know what I mean? That, like, that's definitely not yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> no, mine was more, hey, let's just start another company because I can't really right. work all the time anyway. Like, so yeah, let's, totally. let's hire someone else to do more work. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Love it. All right. And number four is what would you tell people who are just starting out? I would say do not price yourself for I'm just starting out. Oh, I'm just starting out. I'm $50. No, price yourself to grow into it, give vouchers if you need to, to get the clientele. But every time you have to raise your prices, you're starting over with a new clientele. So just start where you want to be. And if you say you can't, you won't. So mm-hmm. um, I love that. If you say you can't, you won't. End of story. Yeah. 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 So if you can't sell your art, then hire someone who can. If you can't um, get rid of all the, you know, culling down to a manageable number, then don't do it. Have someone else do it. Um, I think it's much better to have a mindset of getting people to help you, the who, not how mentality. I, I am going to take the pictures and I am going to hire someone else to do the other part because that is the best option for my family and for myself. Perfect. That's great. All right. Where can people find you online if they're looking for you? Um, NebraskaPortraits.com or a moment photo.com are the websites. Um, we're active on Facebook and Instagram, which would be the same, a momentphoto.com. Fantastic. Thanks, Amy. Awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. This is fun. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. 